0: Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Howson And I'm James Marriott. Um, We would normally start this podcast by talking about football. Uh, It is a football podcast. It's a logical thing for us to talk about. Um, What we're going to do this time is, last time we did a podcast, which was a couple of weeks ago, literally like two hours afterwards was the announcement about season tickets. So we haven't talked about it. So we're going to talk about that first, then we'll get on to the football. Uh, And I'm keen to talk about it before we talk about football, because guess what? There's a ranting coming. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah, you were due. It's just as well, you know, that we didn't. I, I was so angry about it when it was first announced. I'm, I'm not going to cover the background because, you know, if you're listening to this, then I, I'm going to assume that you, that you know what kind of what's happened with the season ticket renewal and early bird or early 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 bird um renewal and everything that's happened there i mean just the fact that when we last recorded a podcast this thing had not been announced now the the next podcast that we come to record the deadline's gone for people that wanted to to renew at existing price that was
1: couple of days back. for the first week I think and then you've got the second week and then you've got the third week where
0: they've gone slightly up yeah, yeah. so this the sliding scale so anyone that wanted the cheapest price uh the deadline has been and gone in the time between us recording um podcast which you know I, I, that kind of says something by itself but I'll I'll leave that one alone um I mean honestly I think this is p- quite possibly the worst thing that i've known this football club do worse in, than club 1867 james well that was just stupid wasn't it that was if you didn't want to get involved in that fine you didn't you didn't lose out that was just that was just daft i think this this is awful because of the fact that it's a real kick in the teeth for genuinely loyal fans and what's made it worse is the fact that the club have tried to make it sound like it's them doing something good for loyal fans when, if you want to do something good for loyal fans, announce it in January and give them until February to pay. That's something good to do for loyal fans. I've I've seen no logical reason as to why they have to do this at the, uh, effectively, the middle of December in the lead up to Christmas. Still not seeing anything that explains why that's necessary, why this couldn't be in January. And uh, the, the deadline being after the first payday of the year. So... Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, if you genuinely want to do something good for fans, that's what you do. You do it after Christmas. You do it at a time when people are not scrambling round for, for, for pennies and pounds to pay for Christmas, to pay for Christmas presents. And they will lose season ticket holders over this. So many that I've, 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 I've seen posting on various social media, I haven't renewed. And as it stands right now, not going to. I'm led to believe that I think they had very good uptake
1: from fans in the first few days of sales in this opening week and so I suppose to the club that might justify the reason for why they have launched it in December but what doesn't wash for me and I stand by everything I've written I've said and spoken about on the subject James is, it is the timing and it's the lack of communication if fans had known that this was coming to then just drop this on fans heading into Christmas and like you say, you know, then defending it by arguing that it's the perfect sort of Christmas present for fans. Well, it's a very expensive one if you've got family and kids and I don't, you know, for one minute, believe that you know. I do. I, mean, I do feel as if the club maybe you know there were good intentions behind this. I think there were deep down, but I, I'm I'm afraid to say that I think they they got the execution horribly wrong. They absolutely did. I can't disagree with you on that. That I think that you know you've seen the backlash and the strong reaction from Wednesday fans, and I think that tells you everything that you need to know. Uh, about what they thought about this initiative. And so, yeah, there has maybe been good uptake. I'm sure we're going to get some more numbers on it very soon. I was, you know, along with another journalist, uh, you know, fortunate enough, or went to go see Dapon Chancery, who then argued his reasons for doing it. And, you know, he talked an awful lot about trying to repay loyal fans. And that's why they wanted to launch it earlier. And by the way, it's not unheard of, that they would do this in December. They have done this, I think it was 10 years ago that they have done the early bird initiative. But usually and
0: typically it is in January, in February, it is. We're also in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, people are genuinely struggling for cash. You know, it's going to be a hard Christmas for for a lot of fans. And a lot of those fans will be fans that have been coming to watch this football club season in, season out for years who, you know, are are now left in this sort of limbo Almost as if the support's just not worth anything. Like that—that that feeling of just being completely taken for granted by your football club. If this—if this offer was all right, we're going to do this offer in the middle of December and you save a hundred quid on last year's prices. You'd think that's a good offer. Just you know, to pay the same as last season. When, you know, as it stands right now, you know, we're not we're not 10 points ahead at the top of the table. It's not clear as as day that we're going to be playing championship football next season. There is a, a, a fairly strong chance when you look at the table as it stands right now that Sheffield Wednesday will still be in League One next season. And we but don't, it's great we don't, value we if we do get that. promoted. I
1: suppose a couple well, of points I'd want well, to add. Of course it is. But what I would say is that this is stage one. And so there are clearly another two phases of where you know, fans can buy their season tickets, and again something that I don't think was outlined, pro- you know, effectively in the initial statement was that season current season ticket holders who maybe have had their seats for twenty, thirty, forty years they don't have to buy in the first phase or the second phase they do buy the end of the third phase which will be next march or april time to be able to renew their season ticket but that wasn't i don't i don't think that was articulated to fans well enough it was only after you know we'd spoken more to Dapon Chancery where he then outlined and made it clear that yeah oh no your fans won't lose their seats yeah, they won't lose their seats for next year if they don't renew now in phase one. So now all in all, it was, as I put it, a PR own goal from Sheffield Wednesday.
0: It was just turned deaf. The whole thing was, was turned deaf. And um I, I have to say that I thought everything that, that Chancery said about it just made it worse. Um Not necessarily all fans will agree with that, but um I, I've, having read through that stuff, I was probably more annoyed afterwards at just thinking, all right, if you've genuinely tried to do something good for, for fans here, look at the feedback. Like, the feedback to the initial post, I didn't see one single positive thing about it. And I, I read through a lot of stuff to try and gauge opinion, to think, all right, am I being unfair here? Or am, I, am I just thinking this is this is bad? And actually, a lot of fans are going, all right, this is fine. Not one positive thing did I see about it. Again, what so, should have happened, so James, the point, as well, is, is that, sorry to interrupt,
1: I was going to say that, uh, why fans were up in arms with it initially was there was no finance option there yeah. available. And then that then got added a few days later. And that, and that was confirmed actually an hour or two after, you know, we'd spoken to the owner and he'd said that, you know, it was coming. And it was something that, you know, that had been in the pipeline, they'd been working on that. But then why get it out? Again, It was it was rushed. It was rushed. Get the finance option in place. And then again, maybe more fans would get on board with what you're trying to do.
0: I, I just think that that was the point that the the club, whether it's Chancery himself or the club generally, hold their hands up and go, do you know what? We've heard what you've said and we, we we did this from a place of well-meaning but we have to concede that we've got this wrong and uh, it should have been withdrawn before, before it ever even happened, before they even ever went on on sale. They should have gone back to the drawing board and and rethought it, but also made it quite clear that this is a football club that listens and we will learn the lessons from this to make sure that we don't make the same same mistake again. And not, not only have have they not done anything about the fact that you know it's a really bad scheme but but that feeling that I want to have as a fan of oh at least at least the at least they'll not do it again at least they've learned the lesson from this this kind of arrogance that I feel from the club which is well, we're doing something good for you you should be thankful to us is is just horrible and and that's that that feeling of being taken for granted as a fan that's where that comes from is is this feeling of arrogance coming from from the football club that you know I've supported my whole life there, there are fans out there that support the club long 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 way more than uh, way longer than I have that will be feeling the the same and um you know stuff like all right well you can keep your seat if you don't renew net well that's fine but that's tiny isn't it in comparison of of the feeling that some fans have got which is the club just don't care. They just don't care about them. And this has been lingering, hasn't it, for ages? This has been a feeling that's been knocking around this club for a while. and we've we've had, you know, a period of a few months where things seem to be getting better. And then, you know, you talk about own goal. this is you know, ninety fourth minute game losing own goal. Um, it they just don't get much bigger than this. And I hate the fact that there's been nothing from the club that's acknowledged that, they they see what fans have said about it, and they realise that it's it's not gone down very well. Even if you don't change it, at least acknowledge the fact that, all right, yeah, we realise that that a lot of fans weren't happy with this, and we'll you know we'll we'll learn lessons from that.
1: It felt at the time that they launched it, James, that all the good work that Darren Moore has done in the last few months of trying to unite everybody the, from the fans, the players, the club, and then it felt really when that was announced and the reaction that you got from fans that they'd taken a step back. And then since then, there've been some more positive results that we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, you know, on the pitch that has, I think, maybe masked it all a little bit. Also, we're not, you know, it's now d- died down a little bit. But like you say, it's be, it's been a huge talking point And, you know, I completely, on this one, I get where the fans are coming from.
0: I do. I've got several friends who haven't renewed, who would normally renew as soon as early birds go on sale, who haven't. Part, partly, uh, for some of them, I know it's it's a financial thing and they'll probably look at whatever the offer is in the new year. And for some of them, it, it is about the principle. Um, and, and that's something that the club have got to realise is that you don't, just because you're a football club, you don't get a free pass all the time. At some point you do something and fans will make a stand and go, do you know what? No, I'm not having it. And that's where I am right now, and I am, you know, one one fan in a in a fan base of tens of thousands, uh, and I don't know how much you know the the football club will will care about one fan, but I'm not alone in that. I'm not alone in that, and there's a lot of other fans out there who uh, don't don't get the the. Um, the same sort of platform as being on a on a on a podcast. I don't know whether the football club listened to any of this or not. But I, I you know I hope that I can kind of articulate this on behalf of fans out there who maybe do feel like they don't really have a voice, which is please realise, please listen to what's being said and realise just how badly you've got this wrong. And and have a board meeting, have whatever meeting it takes, sit down and go, right, how did this happen? How do we manage to misjudge our own fan base, our own fan base so badly? Please do that and please learn the lessons because we're going to lose fans over this. We will lose fans uh, who won't renew because of this. And, and several have already said they're just going to pick and choose the games they go to. Loyal fans who've been going year after year after year. I'm going to stop because I could just rant about this. All, all all, podcast long. And as you touched on, and we do normally start by talking about the football and, and it's quite rare for us not to, as you've touched on, on the pitch actually, two really, really good results since we last recorded. When we recorded last, it was coming off the back of that horrendous Hartlepool game. And we were kind of fearing the worst, weren't we, for um, for uh, Portsmouth? Because we'd got injury problems coming out of our ears again. Um, and Portsmouth in great form. And George Hurst, obviously, pretty much guaranteed to score against his former club because that's how it works. Uh, but, I mean, across across the board, a general sense that that's one of the best performances of the season and, and one of the biggest points of the season. Yeah, definitely. You
1: could put, look at other matches that... Wednesday's drawn this season, James, and you could say that they've dropped points, but that was undoubtedly a point gained at Fratton Park. You know, Wednesday kicked it off with no recognised centre-half. There was no Shade Dunkley, there was no Kevin Brennan, and Callum Patterson, Callum Patterson has been asked there to play at centre-half. And you're thinking, well, this could be a really long evening. And of course... We only found out an hour or so before kick off that it was definitely going to go ahead as the, the, with the torrential rain that was down there, and it was gritty. That's what it was. It was a dogged and spirited performance from Wednesday with some, you know, resolute defending, especially when they went down to ten men. And uh, I don't think we can have any arguments with the sending off. It was a straight red. It was a correct decision. It was a mistimed and poor tackle from Massimo Luongo. And not what Wednesday needs to then be without him for three matches. Um, I don't think they really have a like-for-like replacement for him in there, in midfield. Um, But yeah, you know, Wednesday, despite the red card and the personnel they were missing, to grind out the point, it it was a really good point. There was a lack of creativity on the night. They really didn't create many chances from open play. But yeah, clean sheet and of course, the man of the match, the hero, Bailey Peacock Farrell, and the last two matches, you know, he takes yeah. a lot, a lot of plaudits, and he's come in for his fair share of criticism, and rightly so. But we've seen it now that in the last few matches, there are signs that he is certainly starting to hit top form again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, some some sensational saves, and, and and we've we've got to overlap here with. With crew, because it, I mean, in terms of two consecutive performances from a goalkeeper, that's as good as I can remember uh, for 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 years and years and years. You know, he he has. Um, not no one does anything single-handedly in football because it's a team game, but he's almost single-handedly there, won Sheffield Wednesday at least three points out of the, the four that we've taken from, from, from those um, those two two games.
1: And two completely different matches as well, where Portsmouth, he was very busy, made four or five very good saves, couple from Hurst, and then Crewe, he had nothing to do in the first half other than the penalty save. And so to keep his concentration levels, and yes, it was a terrible penalty from Porter, but the follow-up save was sensational. It really was. Yeah.
0: And the, and the, I mean, it was just a reaction stop. And and there were a couple of saves at at Portsmouth that mirrored that, that were just reaction stuff. The kind of thing you can't teach a goalkeeper. It's just instinctive. They, they, they just, they just know, they just guess where to be. and, 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 and they just, they just, they just know. Um, one of the things that we've we've really bemoaned through this season is, or questioned certainly through this season, is the character of this squad. Not just this season, for, for a while now. This this is a, a recurring theme and something that we've talked about time and time again, mainly with um, reference to things like conceding late goals to just how fragile a squad it seems to be. And we've had two games here... Where in quite different circumstances, but but two games here where we've we've seen the kind of strength and the kind of determination and and kind of you know mental character that's been lacking from the vast majority of of this season and. I mean, we're just we're coming into December. We're coming up to that important run of, of Christmas games, and you know, you you only need to be in or around there, don't you, to be able to have a real good run at things after after New Year. That that kind of sense of of feeling, maybe this is just now starting to to come right. Maybe what Darren Moore's been working on is starting to fall into place. I hope it's not a false dawn. We've had them before, um, but but we. I don't think we've seen two consecutive games where Wednesday have shown a, a degree of strength that's just been lacking for the rest of the season. So Portsmouth obviously grinding out that that draw, you know, a man a man down, away from home. Crew was a similar sort of thing, wasn't it? Where Wednesday go ahead and, and you know, we've seen, you know, the 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 penalty, as you say, soft penalty, but you know what? We we recovered from that and go on and score that second. And then um, see out the game and even that's something you know we look at the Wimbledon game 2-0 up with what like 10 minutes to go um, and still don't come away with the three points so it doesn't matter how you do it it was just about they've got to bring those three points back and they have done yeah. so from those two away games four points is a cracking return no goals conceded as well and um, It it does feel like, all right, we could just be, maybe not turn that corner, but we can see it and we can probably see round that corner now and there's a little bit of a a light starting to appear as we get towards this, this run of important games coming up.
1: I'd argue that the resilience has been there when you look at the statistics of they've played 22 matches in the league this season, James, and they've only lost three times. So they have become hard to beat. There's no getting away from that. And there have been too many draws, uh you know, among the results that they've got along the way, and I think that's where the frustration has come that they've let points slip through the fingers. You know, I think Wednesday should be you know where you know in the table, they should be in the top two, really yeah. I think they've dropped at least half a dozen to ten points you could point to, but in Bailey Peacock Farrell, they've got a match winner there, you know that so he's still got way more credit in the bank when you look at. You know, he's a goalkeeper that that's now two penalty saves he's made for Wednesday this season that have been pivotal to them getting a win at Rotherham, a win at Crew. Also made a couple of saves for Northern Ireland on international duty, so he's clearly a bit of a penalty king. And then you've got you know Barry Bannon put in his best performance of the season at Crew, and he needed to step up really for me. When you look at with no Luongo and. George Byers, you've got fitness concerns and we haven't seen the best of him. And Lewis Wing has been off colour for most of the season, as we know. So, yeah, you know, Bannon needed a big showing like that as well. I think to shut a few people up too, where you get those grumbles and the people who, I think, you know, sometimes, yeah, the the moaners and groaners, that come out for Bannon as we expect, you know, so much from him. Like every week. And it's not always possible, especially when at this level... He maybe even gets marked more closely sometimes than what he used to in the championship. You know that some teams will just think, stop Bannon, and you'll stop Sheffield
0: Wednesday from playing. You, you kind of expect Barry Bannon to to absolutely cut it up in League One, don't you? You expect him to be, you know, on on paper he is on a par. I think with anyone else in terms of being. The best player in this in this league, um, but yeah, you're right. In terms of that, comes with it, it's a different kind of league, and sometimes being a, a you know a, a talented footballer doesn't necessarily mean that it'll work for you in in League One. And and there's definitely been games where Barry Bannon struggled. But I think the other thing is that you know we we should really. Be expecting him to be chipping in with more goals than he has been scoring. And
1: we've said that for years, James. Yeah. And he'd be the first to admit it as well. You know, that's only two for him now this season. And with Wednesday dropping down a level, you really would have. Of lights, or we would like to see Bannon score six, eight goals this yeah. season. Yeah. I think contributing as many as that. He's certainly capable. We know he's got the ability. Yeah. I, I, what I would say in defense of him a little bit this season is that it's not helped with his position. Sometimes he's been asked to play the holding role and that's not really him or he's been too deep. Then they've sort of tried him in the number 10 and getting him into the pockets and again that's not a positional of a role that he's done a lot in his career and then he's even played on the right wing yeah. in one match i think was it oxford so yeah I, I think there have been mitigating circumstances why maybe the form of bannon we haven't always consistently seen him at
0: his very best but yeah crew was a definite big like step in the right direction I mean the the important thing now is is what happens from this point onwards doesn't it because you know we're sat right on the cusp of that top 6 um and uh, you know Christmas fixtures can make or break seasons for clubs and you know what However, Barry Bannon's been playing is almost irrelevant now. It's like, well, what happens from this point onwards? You know, great performance at Crew, great goal at, at, at Crew, fantastic goal. Um, he's just got to push on, and 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 so have we, as a, as a team, now, and, and and we look at the games that are are coming up of Christmas and. Um, I mean, I'm, we we have touched on these fixtures before. You don't want to dismiss any any of the clubs in this league because I think probably anyone can beat anyone. But you'd have to say Aquinton Stanley at home and Burton on uh, Burton at home are fairly kind fixtures for over for over Christmas. Sunderland away, less so. But we've already seen. That this is a group of players that that can really raise their game for those for those big matches against the other big teams in this in this league. So let's almost treat that separately. But we are now going into two home games where we we need two functional Sheffield Wednesday wins. Absolutely, I'm sort of half expecting the
1: Accrington and Burton camps to be comparing you know Sheffield Wednesday to you know you're an elite European club. You know again ramp up the pressure. <laughs> you know, but. Uh, that was it. I, I was a little bit disappointed that the Real Madrid of League One—they should have scored more goals at Crew. I think that would be the only small critique. That was the phrase as well that Darren Moore used—that uh, they really ought to have. And goal difference could be critical, by the way. Yeah. I, and I don't want to harp on about it. I know I have done in pre- in previous years of podcasts, but it could be, you know, when it comes to that top two, you know, and we all remember was it Brighton that missed out at Middlesbrough's expense in the Championship a few years ago on the final day of the season I think that was down to goal difference so it does happen and that's where it would have been nice if Wednesday put Crew to the you know, sword and, and scored four or five goals but I do think I feel like it's coming that some team will get a genuine hiding I actually thought it was going to be in the reverse fixture at Acthington when they went 3-0 up after 20 minutes in the pouring rain you're thinking that you know this could be seriously a proper cricket score and Accrington, we know what they're going to be. They'll be big, strong, physical and they'll be really direct and they will, from set pieces, be a big threat. You know, they've got some serious units in their team. I expect, you know, Wednesday will handle it and with Che Dunkley back in the fold and I, I would imagine he'd come back into the team and they've got can Patterson and maybe Florian Cambery Canberry come in. They can handle it. You know, Wednesday can mix it with anyone in this team. They've got yeah. the personnel for me to be able to do it. And so, yeah, it might not be pretty against Accrington, Yet Patience might be the key. But I expect Wednesday to wear them down and get the result and hopefully
0: score a few goals and, again, keep the momentum going. I mean, they're, they're almost the kind of games... That I'm not even necessarily that fussed about performance. What I'm bothered about is getting the three points. We we are still a bit all over the place with with injuries. Um, you mentioned Calipasa there, by the way. I I feel like he deserves a bit of a shout out for the fact that he's been here, there, and everywhere. Um, within um uh, positionally on the on the pitch this season. And Liam Palmer, and who would has, I has, uh, has yeah. just taken it in his in his stride. There are many players that can play as a centre forward and then next game switch to being a, a centre half. So fair play to um to 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 Patterson for for that. But, you know, it is gonna be, you know, Christmas is always it's a lot of games in a short period of time and maybe it's not as bad as it sometimes is actually this Christmas that there's a decent gap between games. Uh but it's just about getting the the results. You know, um we know what Accrington are about and, and I think you've summed that up pretty well. Burton are obviously not a bad team um and and you know after a, a really difficult couple of seasons for for them, you know, they're they're starting to find things falling into place. We don't need to dwell on you know games against Burton around the festive period from from yesteryear, but you know we it, it, it's happened. We we certainly know that that Burton are a, a dangerous team, um. So for me, it is really just about winning those games now. It is
1: you know, and I look at Burton. They've got some good forwards there. You know, I think Jebison's done pretty well for them. You know, since going on on loan there from uh, Sheffield United and then you've got Lucas Aikens who at League 1 level will usually chip in with 10, 15 goals and so they've got some players that, you know, again, if Wednesday underestimate underestimate them um, that they, they, they can hurt Wednesday certainly defensively and so you know, Wednesday the good thing is that, and where we're taking positives is they're getting back to keeping clean sheets and That was what they built the success on at the start of the season. And then the clean sheets seriously dried up for Bailey Peacock-Farrell. And now I think they can take a lot of confidence. And they're still playing a makeshift back three. And you've got Dunkley to come back. Sam Hutchinson's not a million miles away. Dominic for Lewis Gibson potentially in the new year. And so competition is going to crank up another notch or two in the next few weeks. On the subject of injuries, where are we Where are we at at the moment? Well, Dunkley and Dennis Odenoran, I think will both be in contention for Accrington. And um, yeah, you know, Dunkley has been in such great form over the sort of six weeks to two months that, you know, before he picked up the knock, that I think Dunkley will come straight back in and then it's just who you're going to leave out. You know, it'd be harsh on Kieran Brennan, you know, who get, who's back into the team and... He just looks so assured defensively. I think he's done ever so well since coming into the team as Kieran Brennan, uh, and then Marvin Johnson. You'd have thought that he's played left-sided centre back in a back three all his life. Uh, again, just solid, and then Liam Palmer, who arguably has been Wednesday's best player this mm. season. And I know that's maybe an unpopular thing to say. Is I know that you know there are fans out there who have always been divided. Liam Palmer, but that man has played so many positions and done a great job for the yeah. team this season. He has consistently been around the seven to you know eight, ten mark pretty much every week. And uh, you know, for me it would be between him And Lee Gregory, you know, as we are now at the halfway stage, practically in the season, they've been probably the two best players for Sheffield Wednesday this season. Gregory, undoubtedly, the signing of the season. Yeah, and And you're looking at the goal contributions too, and the assists and everything. So 21 appearances in the league from Lee Gregory, eight goals, four assists. He's well on course, you'd think, to get close to... The twenty-goal mark and be Wednesday's twenty-goal strike for the first, you know, first one since Neil Mellor a decade ago.
0: We need it, don't we? That's 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 probably going to be the difference as to whether or not the the promotion is is realistic or not? you has got you, to you stay, need stay fit, as well, number James. nine. So yeah, stay fit and just carry on scoring. Not spectacular goals, just functional goals. That's what you need from from a good number nine is just popping up even even when all the chips and everything are against you, against the run of play, popping up and scoring those those goals. Uh, and we've just not really had that player for such a long time. So um, I think yeah, you're right. Certainly signing of the of the summer. Um, seeing you know various discussions this week on on social. Media, where I think most fans do agree that Liam Palmer has been the best player this season. He seemed to come top of most people's, you know, top three players, um, or he was certainly in pretty much everyone's top three. And 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 there weren't many names that were coming up time and time and time again. So um, yeah, Liam Palmer, massive, um, massive respect there as well. Um, okay, cool. So um, that's injuries covered. A couple of new faces in this week, not necessarily first team. Um, candidates, but certainly ones to watch for the future. Yeah, Kwame um, Boateng,
1: so he's a defender, can, he's mainly a centre-half, but he can play right back. He used to be at Bradford. I've seen him a couple of times for the 23s this season. I think that, you know, he's someone that's got a lot of good, like, raw attributes. A little bit similar to Zarzi I'd say, actually, in terms of build and then, you know, what his skill set is. And so it'd be interesting to see how he develops and how he goes over the next five, six months. And then the other player is Jaden Onan. And this one was a little bit left field because he played for the 23s back in September. And it was against Coventry. I think he assisted in that game, and then that was the last time we saw him. And then it got obviously announced last week that you know Wednesday decided that well, they want to offer him a deal. And you know, these are two players that Darren Moore has seen at close quarters and thinks that they've got ability, it's there, and then there's still parts of their games that they need to work on and improve and sharpen up. But he believes that if they progress and do well, then there may be a chance for them in the first team between now and next April. And yeah, you know, you know Wednesday, I think it's sensible. It, you know, they've, they haven't, they've been struggling for players all year in the 23s with so many being loaned out. So they've drafted them in and then it's now up to them to prove the worth and show what they can do and then try and earn a longer deal. And then you you never know. I mean, there's, going to be an abundance of competition in all areas when everybody's fit so it's going to be hard for them to force their way in but if they perform in training do well for the 23s then yeah you know, there's
0: a potential opening for them yeah absolutely and um it's just great to to see you you want your club, don't you, to be to be really thinking and investing in those younger players because, you know, we've seen this season how many we've needed to or over the last couple of seasons how many we've needed to turn to. Kieran Brennan, great example this season of, of a of a younger player that's um well, he was actually out on loan, wasn't he? And then brought back from loan straight into the first team and has really stood up to that to that test. So, um yeah, that's that's really, really good. Um only one thing left really for us to touch on, which is going back to the to the crew game, um, and just about the scenes that we saw at the after the the second Wednesday goal, um, and subsequently, obviously, the statement from the club, which I think some people felt was maybe a little bit heavy-handed, but realistically, the rules on fans going onto the pitch are, are, are pretty clear, and they have been for a number of of years. It is something that's taken very very seriously, and totally get that you know fans football is the release at the at the weekend and it's it has been a fairly rubbish couple of years for for the vast majority of people um and we've not seen as many wednesday wins this season as we'd like to have done so you understand fans getting excited but but there are limits aren't there there are there are lines and um you know the club a are, are right to highlight the fact that this really does Count against us as an entire football club on a number of things, but particularly, you know, allowances for for away games is is going to be something now that, that could become an issue. It could be, and the Wednesday fans, the way that they travel,
1: you want as many Wednesday fans there as possible, and, you know. And we've seen that they've sold out virtually every away match this season, and so we don't want the allocation to be reduced. And the Wednesday fans. Could be the 12th man and make a huge difference away from home when Wednesday have to go to a Gillingham or Wickham or wherever it is in the second half of the season. You know we've seen you know their vocal support can drive the team on, and so it would be a huge shame if. The allocation were to be reduced, you know, and for any more of those scenes, and and they were unsavoury. James, you know, you're talking. There were 50 to 100 fans. They've invaded the pitch. That is a criminal offence, It is. and you know, you want fans to celebrate with the players, you do, and to enjoy those moments, but they have to be within the rules of the game, and and so they were over the top at the weekend, and. You know, I, again, it was hard. It's hard from where I was sat. I was, you know, high up in the stand at the op- you know the opposite end, and so you know, Wednesday had two ends all to themselves, and so I, it it looked a very difficult afternoon for the stewards and the police to try and control. And you know, even after the first goal, you had you know, some Wednesday fans clashing with crew fans. And it was just all very unnecessary and not what you want to see. And, no. you, you know, you just want Wednesday fans to go to their away days, enjoy themselves, but that's
0: it, to do it within the rules of the game. Well said, well said. Uh, right, that's going to wrap us up then. Um I suppose the only thing left for us to, to say is to wish you a very... Merry Christmas. Hope you have a lovely Christmas. Hopefully uh, next time we speak to you we'll have have nine Wednesday points in the bag as well which would be a very nice present. It really would be. So, yes, Merry Christmas to everyone. A big thank you to our partners at Title Law Solicitors who are specialists in wills, trusts and probate. As a podcast listener, you get buy one, get one free on lasting powers of attorney if you mention singing the blues. Uh, Contact Ollie. He's available for evenings, weekend and home appointments across South Yorkshire. Maybe just allowing for a little bit of a Christmas break for Ollie because he deserves one. Head to titlelaw.co.uk. On Twitter, Dom is at Dom I'm at James Marriott. And the show is at Dom and James. And you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube as well just search for Singing the Blues you can find those links as well uh, on our website or in the show notes for this episode thanks for listening up the owls Merry Christmas and we'll see you next time